Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. I planned on something else today. Maybe I'll do it next week because I'm super excited about it. But, you know, you've got to shake off the past, even yesterday, or it will hold you in captivity. And if you continue to live in the past, guess what? What happened in the past will continue to happen. And so I had three different things happen to me. I believe it was in the same day. But if, if it wasn't in the same day, it was, it was in such a short period of time that it seemed like the same day. So I'm just going to tell you what the three things were, and then I'm going to talk to you about walking through the fire and coming out as gold. And it's not a message people really want to hear because most of us really don't like the fiery trials and walking through the fire. But today my motive is to show you that there's purpose in your pain. There's purpose in your pain. It's not for any nothing unless you allow it to be nothing and, or unless you complain and you grow bitter and, and resentful. But the fire can be a very good thing. So here, these are the three things that successively happened to me. One, one was I had a word from God, and I wrote it down. You've been through the fire, and you did get burned, but you came out like gold. But now you need to see yourself in the mirror as gold. And you need to say, I've been burned by the fire, but the dross came off of me and burned in the fire, and what's left is gold. Secondly, can we put the crown on the screen, please? I got Janice texting me one morning, and she said, I had a vision of you. I don't know what it means, but I knew what it meant. She said, you are wearing a crown surrounded by fire. There it is. A crown surrounded by fire. And then the third thing happened to me in the same day is a friend who lives in a different state, far, far away, was praying for me and sent me an email. I'm going to read it to you. From the Father, I received a word from Psalm 97, 3 and 7. A fire goes before you, O Lord, and burns up your enemies. Let the fire of your presence be released in Sandy's life. Sandy, I was praying for you, and I received a visual image of a flame of fire. I received like I heard a burning, and as I continued to listen, a Bible appeared in my hands, and a flame burst forth of fire from that Bible. I'm going to prove to you in the Word that this is actually a biblical vision. And as I thought about it, I received prayers releasing the fire of God for you. The Lord was releasing his fire to burn up the works of darkness, which I understand agrees with what you are praying. The Lord's fire delivers you from weakness and lack of strength. His fire protects and covers you from the works of wicked spirits. The Lord releases the spirit of burning to burn up the works of darkness. Sandy, the Lord is your giver of fresh breath and strength. He comes and breathes new life of fresh strength and power into your body, mind, and spirit with the guidance of his Holy Spirit within you. 
receive his love to bring you into a new life you are breathing in his love to flow in harmony with him. In unity with him, you walk into a new dawn of vigor and fresh might. He releases the fire of his presence into your life. Let us decree the Lord God has broken through any stronghold as we call upon him today. We decree miracle strength breakthroughs and we declare miracle turnarounds. We decree you have come into a new season of strength turnaround. The Lord breaks through demonic opposition and conflict. This season has come to an end. You have come into a new season of divine miracles. We thank the Father for turning your wilderness into a garden. The Spirit is poured upon you from on high and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. We thank the Father in the holy name of Jesus through the intercession power of the Holy Spirit. I ask the Holy Spirit to guide your heart today to continue bringing the fire of God's presence into your life and your ministry. Now, do you think that when the Lord three times in a row gives the same word to you, that that's a coincidence? Learn to listen. Don't break your gaze. I hear the Lord saying to me, for you don't break your gaze. Don't break your gaze. So you know what? When you get something like that from the Lord, you need to search it out and not just go, well, good word. I mean, I'm reading this every day. And I learned a lot about the fire. You see, the fire of God is power. Our chosen this year is chosen power. God is calling us to a realm where we're walking in power and not defeat, power and not despair, power and not resentment, power and not hysteria, power and not doubt and unbelief. A season of power, the dunamis, the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. But you and I have a choice whether or not we receive it. And so I'm going to share with you, I hope to get through this, five things that fire does. Because we've learned to resent the fire. We've learned to fear the fire. We've learned to not want the fire. We've learned to have doubts in the fire. But the fire is actually a good thing because as I read to you, it burns up the works of darkness. And so the first thing the Lord showed me is that fire represents, it's five Ps, the presence of God. The presence of God. And I bet you, you could even say some of these scriptures with me. Exodus 3, 1. And Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and he led the flock to the back of the wilderness, and he came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in what? A flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and yet it was not consumed. And the Lord saw Moses turn. Moses turned to see, and God called out to him in the midst of of the fire in the midst of the burning bush. He said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And God said, don't come near. Put off your shoes for the place you stand is holy ground. And then the Lord began to proclaim to him he was going to deliver the people who were enslaved. He's a God of fire. Fire is his presence. Exodus 13, 21, 19, 18, and 40, 38. The Lord went before them by day, remember, in a pillar of cloud, in the day and in the night, a pillar of fire to give them light, the presence of God. 1918, Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke for the Lord descended upon it in fire. 4038, for throughout all their journey, the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day and fire was in it by night. 
Exodus 24, 16, the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, the cloud covered for six days. On the seventh day, God, God called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the glory of the Lord appeared like devouring fire on top of the mountain. Fire, the presence of God. Hebrews 12, 10, 29, indeed, our Lord is a consuming fire. We sang this morning, I snapped a picture of it because I know we've sung this song, but I didn't remember it. Well, I snapped a picture of it and apparently I didn't. Oh, here it is. Fear go, Holy Spirit come, burn like a fire, blow like the wind. When he burns like a fire, he drives out. The presence of God, the fire of God drives out your enemies. Don't despise the fire. Acts 2. You know what happened on the day of full Pentecost when it had fully come. They were all assembled together when suddenly there came a sound from heaven like the rushing of violent tempest blast and filled the whole house in which they were sitting and there appeared to them tongues resembling fire which settled upon every one of them. The presence of the Holy Spirit is like fire. The second thing the fire does Oh, I wanted to share one thing with you because I just love this. <laughs> I didn't love it. I actually despised it. In 2021, when we had snowmageddon, and I had no utilities, and some of you were so blessed to go to your children's homes, we lost our power, our power, <laughs> on Monday night, and we did not get it back. And forget the, what was it called, the rolling outage? That was a lie. We had no rolling outage. So we lost it Monday night, and we got it back Thursday morning at 5.30 a.m. And all of a sudden, although we were asleep, and I mean, we had blankets. I hate to tell you, I did not change clothes from Monday night to Thursday morning. <laughs> I had on so many clothes, including a thick terry cloth robe and a coat and a wool blanket and towels on the commode, which didn't help. I mean, it, I was, I've never been so cold in my life. And the lights came on at 5.30 in the morning, and we jumped out of bed, and the first thing we both said is, coffee. <laughs> That's really sad. But all we had, and we couldn't go to our children's because they were in the same position. I have two children that live in my area, same thing, and another daughter lives in Stone Oak and they did have utilities. They had power, but they had no water. And so kind of had to choose between the toilet thing and the power. And so we just, we just stayed home. And I remember, of course, my grandchildren, I have four, seven grandchildren that live by me and they were so excited about the snow. And for some reason, children don't get cold. I don't understand that, but they don't. And so one day the doorbell rings and I knew it was them. I said, just tell them to go away. I, I am not coming out looking like this. You just tell them to go. And, but Randy went to the door. He was really excited. And they were out. Now, this made me very angry. They were in the snow in my front yard, messing it up. 
So every Christmas I get one of those memory books. You know how you do with Shutterfly or whatever it's called, and it's filled with pictures, and they made sure there were lots of pictures of them messing up my yard. But the only thing we had was a gas fireplace. And I welcomed the presence of that fire because it was the only warmth we had. And I can remember putting a pot in there, burning the pot practically to boil water so that we could have something warm. And so fire is presence. Fire is also purity. Have you ever seen those old World War II, World War I movies when a person needed surgery? And what did the doctor do? He put the, the scalpel through fire because fire purifies Isaiah 48, 10, behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have refined you in the furnace of affliction. Remember Isaiah 6, 1 through 7, when Isaiah realized he was unclean, he saw the glory of the Lord surrounded by seraphim, and they were all crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah recognized in that, that time in the decree of the angels that he had unclean lips and he lived amongst a people of unclean lips. He said, because my eyes have seen the Lord in his glory. And what did the angel do? They, he went to the fire and took out a burning coal and he put it on Isaiah's lips. And he said, behold, I have caused your iniquity to pass from you. Why? Because in James 3, it says the tongue is, this is a bad fire, is a fire, the world of iniquity. Because with our tongue, what do we do? We set on fire other people. And I'm determined to endeavor to not do that. So the fire purifies, Psalm 66:10. For you, O Lord, have proved us, and you have tried us as silver is tried, refined, and purified. Proverbs 17.3, the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tries the hearts. You probably all heard the story of the refiner's fire. It has many forms, silver, gold, but I'm going to read to you one of the versions. As I watched the, the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and he let it heat up. And he explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were hottest as they burn away all the impurities the woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. And then she thought again about the verse that says, Malachi 3.3, he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. And the man answered, yes. He not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left for a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, oh, that's easy when I see my image in it. So the fire comes to purify our heart so that we can see and be transformed into the image. And in Romans 12, one, we have a wonderful invitation. He said, I, 
I beseech you, brethren, in view of all the mercies of God, that you, you, you and me present your body or surrender your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. What, it, what does that mean if you surrender your body as a living sacrifice? What happened with sacrifices? They were what? Burned. And what does he want to burn off? He wants to burn off all the doubt and all the unbelief and the questionings about the goodness of God. In the Bible, when they sang, give thanks to the Lord for the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. They saw miracles. Not when they were complaining and grumbling, but when they gave thanks to the Lord for the Lord is good for his mercy endures forever. Let all the people say, oh, the Lord is good. Give thanks to the Lord for the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. I have many gratitude journals. You know, you can buy it. It'll say gratitude journal. And I record, I mean, one time I had one and I went to 999 declarations of thanksgiving. And I saved the thousandth for a promise I was waiting on. And I'm in the midst of that happening right now. But I have lots of gratitude journals. I've given away gratitude journals. And then when Holly Wagner was at Girls' Night Out, she shared at the end, if you were here, was a great testimony. They had been through the fiery trials. Her husband had been diagnosed with some kind of cancer. He had gone through a grueling, horrific treatment. She had been betrayed. I don't remember everything that she shared had happened. But it was, you know, just typical day in the life of a Christian. And... Um, so her husband got a gratitude jar and they began to put something every day they were grateful for. And I thought, you know, I've never done a gratitude jar. My daughter that lives across the street has a gratitude jar and I'm going to go get one. So I started looking for them and I didn't like anything I saw, but I did find one because it has to go with my kitchen, of course. And I'm going to get it today. I'm going to get a gratitude jar. And my husband and I are going to start putting, because my, my actual word for the year, I asked the Lord, give me one word for 2023, and that word was gratitude. And in the midst of the trials, I'm telling you, if you give thanks to the Lord, you don't have to give thanks to him for the trial, but you give thanks to him in the trial, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And so I've been every day presenting my body as a living sacrifice Luke 12, 49 and 50, Jesus said, I have come to cast fire upon the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized and how greatly and sorely I am urged on until it is accomplished. And we know that it was a baptism of fire. 1 Corinthians 3.13, the work of each one of us will become plainly known, shown for what it is, for the day of Christ will disclose and declare, disclose and declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test and critically appraise the character and worth of the work each person has done. I don't want the things I do in the name of Jesus to be burned in the fire. I want them to be refined in the fire. I want them to reflect the image of Jesus, don't you? In 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21, in a great house, we're the great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and earthenware and some for honorable and noble use and some for menial and ignoble use. Whoever cleanses himself, whoever cleanses himself, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart, useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. 
And we're told in, I think, 1 Peter. Yes, 1 Peter 7. Oh, here we go. Let's do 6. You should be exceedingly glad on this account, though for a little while you may be distressed by trials and suffer temptations. Did you hear that? He said you should be glad for your trials and temptations. So whatever you're going through, just say, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad for this, Lord. Here's why. So that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended to redound to the praise and glory and honor when Jesus is revealed. The fire comes to test your faith. And let me tell you something. There is no such thing as untested faith ever. You get the promise of God. You go, hallelujah, praise the Lord. God promised me. But you know what? Fire is going to come to test that promise to see if you'll hang on to it. And I can tell you, I am not letting go. I can tell you I'm not letting go. I'm like my little dog. I'm going to sit at the foot of the master's table that he has prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. And I'm going to stare at Jesus until he feeds me table food from his table. That's all there is to it. So I'm not as annoyed with my dog anymore. You know, one thing about the purification by fire is... um, He's got to purify our tongues, just like he did with Isaiah. And there's times I'll be sitting there, and I'll just stick my tongue out as far as I can and just say, Lord, I'm just giving you my tongue. When, I, when my girls were little, one of them calligraphied a little saying for me that I liked, and it said, Lord, fill my mouth with worthwhile stuff and nudge me when I've said enough. And I always tell my children, I always tell my children, she who talks to you talks about you. Don't forget it. Somebody always coming to you and they're talking bad about other people and dogging them. You guarantee when you turn your back, they're talking about you too. Just, just trying to help you out. The third thing that the, uh, these next three are quick. The third thing that the fire does is possessing the promises of God. Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like fire? says the Lord, and like the hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance. His word is like fire. So if you will keep the word over your situation, you keep the word over your trial, you keep the word over your circumstances, you keep the word over your suffering, the word is like fire, and it will purge away the thing that is distressing you. You go back to First Peter. He said, though now for a little while you have been distressed by various trials. It's okay to feel distressed because what the enemy meant for evil, God means for good. And if you will welcome the fire, and, and ever since he taught me this, I have welcomed the fire. Lord, I praise you for the fire of your presence. I praise you for the fire of your purging because I want to be a vessel useful to the master. Lord, I praise you for the fire of your power. It's going to burn on my behalf 
anything that contests the promises. 2 Thessalonians 1, 6. It is a fair decision and a righteous thing with God to repay with distress and affliction those who distress and afflict you and to recompense you who are so distressed and afflicted by granting you relief and rest along with us, your fellow sufferers. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in a flame of fire to deal out retribution upon those who do not know or perceive or become acquainted with God and upon those who ignore and refuse to obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to bring retribution to your enemies. So the fire comes with power comes with the possession of his promises. Number four, actually I haven't gotten to the power yet, but the word is power. Number four, the fire brings protection. Psalm 21.8, your hand shall find all your enemies. Your right hand will find those who hate you. You will make them as if in a blazing oven in the time of your anger. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath and fire will utterly consume them. Psalm one. Oh, four, four. He makes his angels winds of, excuse me, winds, uh, I'm getting tongue-tied, who makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his ministers. So the angels are like fire. They come to protect you. Deuteronomy 9.3, know this, therefore, the Lord your God is he who goes before you as a devouring fire. He will destroy them and bring your enemies down so you shall dispossess them and make them perish quickly. Zechariah 2.5, I love this the best. For I, says the Lord, will be to her a wall of fire round about and I will be the glory in the midst of her. Again, on one single day, two different people, one whom I have not been around in 20 years, said, the Lord told me today to tell you, Zechariah 2.5, he's a wall of fire around you. And then somebody else gave me the same scripture on the same day. You can't ignore these things. The Lord wants to reveal himself as a wall of fire around you. Fire protects and then the famous scripture, Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor will the flame kindle against you. Now, what that means, you will not be burned, it doesn't mean you're in the fire. All that the fire of God is intended to do, or even the, the flames of, of trials, is to burn off the impurities from you, not to harm you. It never comes to harm you. So when he says, when you pass through the fire, you'll not be burned, it doesn't mean you're not going to feel the effect of the heat. But it will only burn out of you the things that can hurt you. And finally, number five. Oh, in fact, Joyce, it was you that gave me that wall of fire. You gave me a card and you'd written out that scripture. Same day. Number five, the fire is power. Isaiah 33, 14, the sinners in Zion are afraid, trembling seizes the godless. And here's what the godless cry. Who can live with the devouring fire? Who can dwell with the everlasting burnings? Well, then it answers. He who walks righteously, who speaks uprightly, 
who despises gain from fraud and oppression, who shakes his head free from the taking of bribes, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes to avoid looking upon evil. Such a man will dwell on the heights. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. His bread will be given him. His water will be sure. And then listen, your eyes will see the king in his beauty. The presence of God. Psalm 97, 1. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles and coastlines be glad. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries. Praise the Lord. The fire of God. It won't hurt you, but it will hurt those who oppose you. Revelation 1 and 10 through 18. I love this. Now, I hear it all the time, and we've done this before. People say, oh, Revelation is a book about the end times. No, it isn't. You're not reading it. Revelation 1.1. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. God gave it to him to disclose and make known to his bondservants certain things which must shortly and speedily come to pass. And he sent... And communicated it through his angel to his bondservant, John. Now, verse 10. I was in the spirit, wrapped in his power on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice, like the calling of a war trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Write promptly what you see. And then I turned to see. Whose was the voice that was speaking to me? And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a robe which reached to his feet with the girdle of gold about his breast. His head and his hair were white like wool, and his eyes flashed like a flame of fire. And his feet glowed like burnished bronze as it is refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. And the ever-living one said, I'm living in the eternity of the eternities. I died, but see, I'm alive forevermore. And I possess the keys of death and Hades. Romans, what? That's not right. Well, okay, that was my fault. In Revelation 19, 11, and 12, again, he's revealed as the one whose name is the word of God. And again, it says his eyes were like flames of fire. So the fire, learn to embrace the fire, learn to welcome the fire. I have prayed this prayer every day since he showed this to me. Lord, I welcome your fire in my life. Lord, I welcome your presence. I welcome being purified by fire so that I can look like gold and you can see your reflection in me because you live in me. I welcome that I am possessing the promises through the fire of God. I welcome, Lord, the power of God through the fire of God. And I welcome the protection of God. I'm going to close with just a little story that I just like. Remember Jeremiah 23, 29, that his word is like fire. Well, I've told you this before. When I was um, wanting a third child, which I didn't want a third child, and I told the Lord, Lord, if you want me to have a third child, you're going to have to give me the desire because I have no desire at all. 
And finally he did, and I just, I needed a third child like I needed air. And then of course, ladies, you know what happens, right? You can't get pregnant. And so I wasn't getting pregnant and I was really upset about it because I, I felt like, well, Lord, why did you give me this desire and then you're not gonna give me a baby? And I mean, I hadn't had any difficulty with my first and second. I, I was older, I was 30 by that time. And so, I'm, and I, that's not old, but I was in my early 20s with my, with my other ones. <laughs> I know that sounded like I was an old woman. Sarah, I was Sarah. And so, anyway, I was talking to my, my godmother, the only godmother I've ever had. I've talked a lot about her. Her name is also Sandy, godliest woman I've ever known in my whole life. Here, here's God like nobody I've ever heard. Just pinpoint accuracy, 100%. Never, it, as far as I go, never been wrong with me, not one time. And uh, so I was talking to her and, you know, groaning and mumbling and despising the fire. And I said, I just don't understand it. I mean, the Lord said to me, you know, did he give me another child? He gave me the desire. I can't get pregnant. And she said, well, the Holy Spirit is saying August 28th. And I said, absolutely not. I am not waiting. Because I knew, I mean, I'm not that good at math, but I was good enough to know that that was 13 months away, which meant it would be another four months before I conceived. And so I said, absolutely not. I'm not waiting. And so I, I have a little girl. Her name's Courtney Lane, and she was born on August 28th of 1984. And you know what's really cool about that? You see, I despise the fire because waiting is not easy for me. I mean, some of you probably love it, but I don't. I mean, I want everything yesterday. I don't want to wait for the promises. I don't want to wait to be purged. I don't want to wait to experience the presence of God, and I don't have to because he lives in me. I just have to shut off my mind. Something the Lord told me recently is when you finish praying, just sit there and be silent. Don't, don't pray. Don't say anything. Don't even think. Just sit there. It's amazing in the silence how he'll speak to you. It's amazing. You should try it. And that's unlike me because, you know, I, I like to talk. I like to talk to the one who has all the answers. So when you shut your mouth long enough, you'll hear him. And so I've told my daughter, you realize it because you were born on 828 that your promise is Romans 8, 28. That God calls us all things to work together for good to those who love him. And I've said to her, I just want you to remember in those times when you don't understand that Romans 8, 28 is your word. And she's in a time like that right now because my son-in-law, I don't even know if I told you this, who has won, I don't know how many Iron Man, or I don't know if you call it winning, but he's... I don't know how many, maybe three full Ironman, which is a 112-mile bike ride, a 2.5-mile swim, and a marathon, 26 miles of running. I think he's completed three, maybe four. I don't remember. And I don't know how many half Ironman, which is half of all that. But he was playing dad-son soccer with a group of boys, and a little boy kind of fell under him, so he fell to avoid hitting the boy sideways, snapped, 
in half completely his patellar tendon. And I did tell you this, but the patellar, now I remember because I was standing on one leg like an ostrich, remember, and it's this thing that completely holds your patella. Shove the kneecap all the way into the thigh. If you looked at the picture, his kneecap, instead of here, was right there. It's gross. And that meant six months, six weeks of nothing, a brace that locks so you can't bend your knee at all. Six weeks of nothing, basically, and then six months of physical therapy and no driving, which means my daughter has taken on all the responsibilities. Now, back in Cindy's in my day and some of the rest of you, we, we did everything in the home and with the kids, right? And the husbands did what was outside. But that's not how you young people do it anymore. You share everything, which is a better idea. You know, I've told you at night, I pull back the bed. I'm, he doesn't know how to pull back the bed. He'll just sleep right on top of it. <laughs> and that makes me very angry because I like all the pillows and everything perfect. And so I'll, if I'm on the phone with one of the girls and all of a sudden a voice says, honey, I'm getting in bed. <laughs> and my girls will yell, I tell him to pull back his own bed. That's, that's how the young people do it. And so at any rate, it's been a real trial because she's had to do everything, literally 100%, including take care of her now fourth child, former husband. And do all the driving, soccer practice, basketball practice, dance practice. No help because he can't. Not that he doesn't want to. Believe me, he does. And can you imagine what it's like for a trained and fit athlete to be totally immobile? That would be hard. I mean, to me, that's like heaven. <laughs> oh, dear, I can't exercise. But to him, that's horrible. Romans 8, 28. Get your verse. Get your life verse. Let the word be like fire. Receive his presence. Receive his purity. Receive possessing the promises. Receive from the Lord his power and his protection. Don't despise the fire. Lord, we welcome. I welcome the fire. Your fire burns up all your enemies until they melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. And your fire will burn up in us all that could hurt and damage us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that we will see your reflection. And thank you, Father, that it is your will when we look in the mirror, we just see gold. You're so good. I give you thanks, Lord. You're good. Your mercy endures forever. I am grateful, Lord. And with my brethren, I say thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.